Does he get both feet in right here at the end, Jim? Are they going to roll it? He caught it. Touchdown. He did what? He did what? He runs to the 50. He runs to the 40. The guy is drunk, but there he goes. Steps up. Jumps over the defenders to pick up the first. Says a prayer. Stop it! Oh, please! <laughs> what a catch! That's insane! That's insane! The game's final play is a Wilson lock to the end zone, which is fought for by Tate with Jennings simultaneous. Who has it? Who they give it to? defensive third down percentage and the Patriots are 23rd. The Patriots give up the 16th most rushing yards per game, 116.2, while Josh Allen leads the league in rushing for the past four games. The Bills are number one in pass defense for the season. Number one. They give up only 187.4 passing yards per game. The New England Patriots give up the 23rd most, giving up 256.4 five passing yards per game, close to 100 yards more. This is going to happen. The Buffalo Bills are going to defeat the New England Patriots in New England this week, handing them their third straight loss, destroying Super Bowl run hopes, and proving once and for all that the New England Patriots dynasty is over. Okay, here we go. I'm in the room, and I have time to ponder and think, and I feel not good about what I'm about to say, but I'm going to say it anyways. And that is, we talked about the fall of the New England Patriots dynasty. <laughs> well, it continues. This week, in Gillette Stadium, the Buffalo Bills are going to go in <laughs> against their vaunted rival, Tom Brady. I think this defense is going to rattle them. <laughs> Oh my gosh! It finally happened. We get the same one. <laughs> they were not quite the same, I'm but pretty so darn the sad. same. I mean, you talked a lot, and I was like, "They're gonna win." I did project, or I, you cut it off because it didn't matter. Oh, sorry. I... No, it's okay because it was. I was so excited as soon as you started talking about it. That's why I pulled out my phone to get the video because we were like, "We're gonna get the same one eventually," and we did. Um, but. I said they were going to sack Brady four times and get a turnover. I mean, we he Tom Brady had a terrible game. I don't really. I didn't follow this game too much. He got honest. he got sacked so. a handful handful of times. He threw two interceptions. Did he? Yeah. Okay. So I mean, Brady like the I gave reasons about our pass defense was going to shut him down and all these things, and we did. I mean, those things happened. It's just Josh Allen didn't convert the third downs. We couldn't score. Uh, there were a couple timely turnovers that we had. Uh, and they ran the ball all over us. Okay. They ran the ball all over us. So it's something I didn't expect to happen happened. But, I mean, we shut down Tom Brady. He does not. He did not beat us in that game at Okay. All. Okay. So, um, well, that's pretty darn That's cool. amazing. <laughs> it's so funny. It's, now I'm I, so sad it didn't happen. Now I feel even funnier that, like, all week I was like, I feel really not good about what I said. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny because I was, I was like, I feel really confident in what's going to happen. <laughs> oh, well. 
Hello, everybody. My name is Josh Lapping. I'm Adam Jeffrey Rossi. And you're listening to Simultaneous Catch. And if you stuck with us this long, thank you. Exactly. Week 17. I'm, I'm really, like, very sad about this. Week honestly. of the regular season. I mean, I'm very ex- I'm excited because I feel like these this year's playoffs is going to be very, very good. I agree. I'm very excited about that. But I, I'm obviously sad because, you know, the season's over and we're, for most of the NFL, we're headed into the offseason already. So... Yet we still love it. Absolutely, we'll love everything about it. Yeah. So, um, do you want to say anything else? I mean, we both no, had the same just, thing, so we both both like talk said, about it. But. I think that uh, I still think a lot of things that I said, and I mean, you said it too. And I'm glad you did. Rings true that the Patriots dynasty is really over because I think that. So you have a pretty lofty bet hanging on. This yeah, right now. my our, our friend of the show, Char- Charlie Rowell, and I. Made a bet that Tom Brady, on to- whether or not Tom Brady would make the Super Bowl this year, and he said he would, and I said he wouldn't. Now Charlie already owes me a Bills jersey from last year's Super Bowl when I bet the Eagles would win and he bet the Patriots would win. Okay, so he already owes me a Bills jersey. Um, so the bet is that because he's been putting it off is that if I win, he has to buy me a Josh Allen jersey, put it on, and videotape himself saying that the Pats dynasty is done and this is the AFC East is now the Bills division. And then if I lose, I have to buy him a Tom Brady Tom Brady jersey. Wear Does he it. not already own that? No, he actually doesn't own a That's Tom very Brady surprising. jersey. Um, and then I have to say that Tom Brady is the greatest quarterback ever and that this past however many years is the greatest dynasty of all time. Now, I have one question about <laughs> this. Obviously, this has nothing to do with our show, so okay. we won't That's all right. doyle on it too long. That's not even the right word. Is this Josh Allen jersey in addition to the no, other Buffalo Bills? No, well, I feel I, like that's not fair. Feel, you already earned that's it. That's what I said, too. I tweeted it, and I was like, I get the short end of the stick here because you already owe me a jersey. Right, so he just has to uh, put on the jersey he already owes you and say the Pat's nice he's done? Charlie's not really great with following through with things, <laughs> so I'm hoping that winning a second bet will force him to do it. Okay. <laughs> um, I mean, he didn't want to get that crazy with it. I was going to bet they weren't even going to win a playoff game this this season. Who's he that said confident? This, he put it all the way to the Super Bowl, and I was like, uh, "Bet right now? What are we betting?" They so say you talked to me about this like a, I don't know if it was last week or a couple weeks ago, but you said you were going to make that bet, yeah. and then like he he recanted it. He did, but he was very confident in it, and it just we had to talk about it. And I was like, I talked about the scheme and Josh McDaniels and how. Brady hasn't had a game where just his arm terrifies me. And he was like, I've seen every game. And I'm like, I don't believe that. Because if you saw it, you're not an idiot. Like, it's very clear that he's deteriorating. But okay, um, it's just, it, the game was upsetting in many ways because there were a lot of opportunities in that game. We were in it for most of it. Uh, and then in the third quarter, they scored to make it 21-10 or 21-12, something like that. And then Josh Allen... Uh, hit Robert Foster over the middle for about 25 yards, and then he scampered for like 15, 20, and then there was another handout. There were three consecutive third downs, and we were all the way down to the like 25, and then there was a play-action pass. He hit Jason Kroom over the middle, and Kroom kept fighting and fighting and fighting and fumbled it, and then that was pretty much the downfall because then they went back down the field and scored again. But um, Oh, it's Jason Kroom of Buffalo Bills. Yeah, he's a tight end. He's a tight end out of Tennessee. I thought he played with Nathan Peterman in college. Oh well. Um, but anyway, I mean, there were just there were timely errors from a very young football team that we are. Uh, we have the highest percentage of first and second year players, so it's just I thought we were going to be able to rally in that game and, and really stick it to the Pats, but we didn't, and that's okay. But I, I think, yeah, I digress. 
All right. Well, you know, we got the best game of the season coming up here this week for us. Yeah, so, so it'll be a lot of fun. For those of you who don't know, Josh and I are going to the Bills Dolphins game in Buffalo this Sunday. We will. There will be a simultaneous catch special episode on our on our route to the game. We're gonna do a special edition of Pals Picks to round out the regular season. We're gonna do Pals Picks Extreme. Pick every single game on the slate for Sunday. Here we go. So we're gonna go Facebook Live. Uh I don't know if we're going to do it from the simultaneous catch or the or just like one of our Facebooks so we get more watchers, but uh, it'll also be recorded and it'll be set up as a audio on our typical Spotify and iTunes as well. But uh, yeah, I think it'll, I hope it's a good game. It'll it should be fun. Yeah, I have been saying this since, which is weird because again, kind of anti fanish. But ever since I knew we were going, I said like I hope we're both out of it. Just because I feel like then we're able to like just truly be like, oh, okay, that was fun. Yeah. Or like, you know, if like shady scores will be like, ah. Uh. But like, <laughs> if one or if one of or both of us were on the line, I yeah. feel like we'd be so anxious yeah. that we wouldn't truly enjoy it. I mean, I, I, I do agree with you. I'm not disagreeing. But I, I, I go back to we went to that game where we went to overtime and it went all the way down to the wire and we were both in contention that game. You're right. And, I mean, and technically, I mean, we were. Still, that was one of the best games I've ever seen. I agree. So yeah. I just, but again, you're right. I think it'll be fun. It'll, I, I'm very happy now that I'm going, especially because Kyle Williams is retiring. Yeah. It's going to be his I'll Buffalo be, send off. I'll be very happy to see, to see his final game. That'll be, that'll be special for me. Yeah. One of my favorite players. Um, and obviously a fan favorite 13 years in the NFL. Uh, I have a little bit of tidbit about him later on. I think that'd be cool, but, uh, it'll be fun. I'm excited. And we'll do some Powell's picks on the way there. We will have some fun. All right. So uh, with that, let's get into our let's get into our segments, my friend. Rant rave recall. Rant, got one for rave today? recall. Uh, yeah, I do. I'm okay. gonna go on a bit of a a rant. Ooh. I'm gonna go on a rant. I love a rant. <laughs> which is funny because I, I went on a rant last week and you said the same exact thing. <laughs> but with that being said, I would really like you to go first. Oh, okay. Well. I will go first, and we I, we kind of talked about this last week because I have been all over the place with the AFC North, and I was just recalling <laughs> everything with them. But I need to give a special recall to the Baltimore Ravens here. Okay, I, I wasn't on them all year with Joe Flacco, and then when they went to Lamar Jackson, I was so pro Ravens. You were, and then I really thought, I really believed that this Cleveland thing was going to happen, and I think I just, I really think I got caught up in the in the hype of it all and wanting it to happen and the bet and everything. But I really need to recall being down ever on the Ravens. They're just, they're a very great football team. Um, they're solid in all phases. And I just, I wanted to play this really cool. It's a 20 second clip from when the uh, Ravens played the chargers and it's a mic up of Lamar Jackson, Joe Flacco and, and Robert Griffin, the third. And I think that, this is a little bit of a rave about the two, Robert Griffin III and, and Joe Flacco, two guys in, in different stages of their career, but they're veteran quarterbacks who really, you know, Joe is a Super Bowl MVP, and really this could have been RGC's chance to come back and really show the world that he could be a quarterback again in the NFL. And they have really handled this whole situation with a lot of class, and I think that that needs to be pointed out in a, in a league and in a world that is becoming more and more selfish. I think that we need to point yeah, out like guys that. Take a step back, and I just wanted to play this little audio clip. And it's—I think it's one of my favorite videos ever. It's 20 seconds long. I just love the way they talk to Lamar in this. Okay.
And it's really cool. Like, you don't see the video. <laughs> and I will tweet it. I'll tweet the video from our, our Twitter account. Um, but in the video, it's so cool because they're, like, standing, like, like, RG3 standing there and he's like pointing out how it is and then Joe gets up from his seat because he's sitting next to Lamar and he like runs the route and like shows Lamar is like that's when you want to throw it like there's that window and RG's like if they pull it here like no hell no you're not going to hit that window and like all these things it's just like they they've known it they've seen all these things and it's just it's so cool I mean Lamar Jackson's five and one as a starting quarterback yeah. for the Baltimore Ravens, and it's exciting and it's awesome. And he could have been six and zero beating the Chiefs. You know they were that close. Totally. And these two guys have said, you know what? We see this kid is special, and this team can go somewhere. And they like, we're gonna. You need to take a step back and be like, hey, this is where we're going. And and they're teaching this kid, and I just I love it. I think it's so cool, and I think it's great for the NFL. And obviously, I've been a huge Lamar Jackson fan since the start. Yeah, but uh, you have. I, I just. That's a, that's a little bit of a recall and a rave because I, I wanted to rave about Joe and, and, and Robert because I think that they've really handled themselves with a lot of class and I love classy guys. So, Yeah, go. I like that. I'm actually going to tack on a tiny bit to that. I'll okay. still do my, my okay. rants, but yeah. I also want to do a little bit of a recall. Yeah. Um, not about the Chargers. I earned the, the Chargers about <laughs> the Ravens. I've been on the Ravens pretty much all year. Yeah. I remember before their bye, like you almost talked me off. You're like, their schedule coming up is really, really hard. And I was like, yeah. oh yeah, I didn't never thought it's about true, that. Though. But they, I mean, Lamar has gone on, but that's <laughs> what I want to recall a little bit because I, not that I didn't believe in Lamar Jackson, right. but I did not think this level of play and his play style yeah. would have been able to have been this consistent throughout right. this run. Right. I thought defenses were going to adjust, and we'll see what happens potentially next year and whatnot after they have like this seven. I mean, even six. even next week when they when I mean, there's still a way they could miss the playoffs. I don't believe that they will. Knock on wood, but you know, right, right. So we'll see what I mean. Maybe Cleveland, but I still think they're going to get it done. Um, but I just have to shout out Lamar Jackson. Yeah. I didn't believe when he came in. I mean, that first start, what was it? I, I don't know off the top of my head. It was statistically. 26 rushes or something. Yeah, like compared that. to like 12 passes. And I was right. like, they're not going to be able to do mm-hmm. that each week in and week out. And right. They have, he's been getting better as he's yeah. progressed naturally. I mean, that comes from playing time. But I just didn't think, I was pretty low on it. I was like, he's not quite ready. Yeah. But, and I think. A big reason seeing how he has come in and he's electrified that team. Yeah. I think that, and this is something we're going to talk about a little bit later, right. I think, um, but I think that's why John Harbaugh is staying because right. my opinion, and we can get a little more into this later because I would like to, but I think when the whole John Harbaugh is going to be on the way out, I didn't think, I don't think the office, the front office thought he was going to be a coach for Lamar Jackson. I, yeah. think, I think they thought he was just more of a Joe Flacco-esque coach. And I think when they saw how well the team's been doing with those two, they're like, okay, this still is our guy. I think it's funny because if you go back to the audio when we talked about this, I said, I was like, I, I said, I'm pretty sure I said Baltimore, I wish he would just stay there because I think it's a great situation for him. I mean, because he likes to run the football and play good defense. And that's the kind of team Lamar can instill until he, he grows up to be. I mean, he can be what Pat Mahomes is right now. He has that kind of arm strength, and he and, and he's way faster. And he's, <laughs> he's faster. He's yes. a lot faster. I just I think that maybe maybe not that level, but he's got great arm strength. Um, and it's just I'm excited to see where they go, and I will be rooting for the Ravens through most of the playoffs. There we go. All right, so, so we'll talk a little bit more about go ahead, John rant. and the Ravens a little bit later. I'm gonna rant because I've been hearing a lot of 
of radio experts or analysts, whatever their official titles are, I'm not sure. But I've been hearing as they talk, because we're obviously entering week 17, a large number of the games do have playoff implications, but some don't. Example, our Miami-Buffalo game that we're going to. Yeah. And they're talking about how some of these teams, I'm going to talk more specifically about Let's talk about like the playoff teams. Like the yeah. Chicago Bears are a great instance of like a team that I've been hearing people talk about a lot. Because they could move in to the number two seed, or they can stay where they are with three, depending on what happens. So all these games, these times have been moved around, so it's more kind of difficult to scoreboard watch, if you will. Now right. teams are obviously going to be doing that. They'll have somebody up somewhere in the stadiums taking notice of all those things. But I hate how people are talking about like the Chicago Bears being an instance of like they're not going to go out and try they know where they are St. Louis is or St. Louis wow <laughs> LA is going to have to just lay down and they're not going to care to to lose this game and they're going to crush it so Nagy's going to pull his guys out I think that's so ridiculous yeah first of all even if it was true let's pretend that Chicago couldn't even get the second seat right I think it's ridiculous to go into a game saying, like, we're going to sleep on it. Now, this is completely different for an instance like the New Orleans Saints because they have number one locked up. There's nothing to gain yeah. any which way. Yeah. But even if – so if Chicago does lose this game, Minnesota's coming back the following week. Right. You're not going to be like, you know what, we don't care about this. We, right. It just it, – it bothers me. I don't know why it bothers me so much that they're talking about how players – shouldn't care because I think they should always care. I and that I don't I don't know why I got so worked up when I heard people talking about this. And maybe it's because I've been hearing it so consistently through the week. Yeah. Maybe if I heard it once I'd be like, oh that's dumb. But people keep talking about it like it's such this surefire thing. And I think that's ridiculous. I think I will say this, because uh, we don't really need to dwell on this topic a lot because I agree with pretty much everything you said. I just want to say I do think that most of the players always care and still care. I think it's more the analysts looking at it from their the couch and being like, "Well, why would you care about this game?" But I think a lot of these players are prideful and they and I, I will say this, you know, a lot momentum is not a fake thing in the NFL. There are yeah. teams every year that win off win their last game huge or rattle off a couple wins, and the next season they come right back and they keep going, and everybody goes, "Whoa." You know, and they carry that with them. So I just, all these games do matter in, in different ways. But uh, I, I agree with you on, on all of that, so I don't really want to <sighs> yeah. dwell too much. But Yeah. Good, good. I like it. So, talking about uh, things that matter and games that matter, the Pittsburgh Steelers are on the outside looking in right now. <laughs> they are. And unfortunately, it's not entirely because of one Juju Smith-Schuster Remember last week I was tripping all over his name? No, I don't remember that. No? I don't. But regardless, uh, <laughs> anyway, Juju Smith-Schuster, uh, for those of you who didn't watch the game against the Saints, they, it was a back-and-forth contest. The, the Steelers had many opportunities to put it away, but they never capitalized. Near the end of the game, they had a chance to tie it up with a field goal, and Juju Smith-Schuster made it a, a catch to put them in range and fumbled it, and that was the end of the game. And yeah. he took I went To his credit, he took it on the chin. He went to his press conference. He posted afterwards. He said... It's all on me. I understand that I lost that game. I will be better. And I just, I appreciate that level of maturity from such a young receiver. For sure. Especially from a young receiver that we all love because he's such a character. Everybody loves Juju because he's so much fun and he interacts with the fans through Twitter. You know how he tweeted 
uh, the week before the Saints game, he was like, it's a big game, everything's on the line, so you know I'll be there to win your fantasy leagues, and all this yeah. stuff, like, you know, he's so engaging, and when his bike was stolen in his rookie year, he, there was, like, the search for Juju's bike, and he, like, went around downtown Pittsburgh, and so he's just, he's this engaging guy, and people love him as fans and his character, but I love the maturity level that he was able to grasp being that fun-loving guy, being able to take a step back and say, you know, this is on on me. I need to be better, even though I don't agree with that. It's not his fault, you know. When it comes yeah, down I'm to a moment, that. when it comes down to a moment like that, okay, you can pinpoint it. But at the same time, you know, should I have? Should they have faked the punt? Uh, should they have gone for it another time? You know, there were plays that were left on the field by Ben and other players. Uh, but regardless, I just I, I wanted to talk a little bit about Juju and maybe a little bit about the Steelers too, being on the outside looking in. I mean. So, I mean, obviously I know it happened. Right. Now, is Juju taking heat for this, or... I don't... I mean, I don't think he's... I think most people have looked at it and said, okay, yeah, he screwed up. If he makes that catch and holds it, they go into overtime. Sure. But I think most people are looking at it as like, that's not the only reason they lost Well, it's definitely not the only reason. (laughs) But also, I mean, obviously we know that Juju Smith-Schuster fumbled the football, and that cost the team. Right. But... So it, this sounds a little counteractive in a way because I don't think it's his fault. You're right. You, you listed all these things that they could have done. Right. But mistakes like that happen, unfortunately. And now to have it happen in week 16 in such a pivotal moment in game, yeah, that really stinks. But that was just a good play by the defense. That, wasn't, was. that wasn't like Juju like holding the ball like a bread, like a no, loaf of bread, it, being was, sloppy with it. That was just he had it was just a great play on the football and he lost it. Yeah. There were what two Saints on him? Yeah, he was bent he was tackled by one Saint when they like bent him back a little yeah, bit. And the other somebody one else came the other in way, and hit the ball. It popped up and the so, other guy was Johnny on the there's, spot. There's there's almost nothing you can do about that. Yeah. I mean so you're right. I'm I'm glad you did say it's not his fault because yeah, but it is. It you're you're completely correct about all the accolades you showered yeah. on him because last year he was the youngest player in the NFL. Right. Now, obviously, it's his second year, but he's... I, I was really high on Juju coming into the year. You were right. like, eh, maybe, kind of. Yeah. But, I mean, I think he's definitely stepped up into that role. Right. I, I mean... I don't follow you on Twitter, or I don't remember <laughs> how I did see this at one point, but I saw you post, you're like, Juju is the number one best receiver on that team. I mean, he, I, I'm pretty sure he is. <laughs> I mean, you could definitely make that debate. So, Although Antonio Brown did has shown up in I a mean, big way lately, he did have a great it's game. Just, he did I, have a great game against the. Saints. I just I I love Juju and I always have. I just I feel for the kid and I I can call him a kid now because we're both five years <laughs> older than. But uh, uh, he's just, twenty-one now. Thank God. <laughs> you can go to Carson Street in downtown Pittsburgh. I'll buy you a beer, Juju. Um, it's just it, the other thing that I think people are forgetting here, and I think this is a reason why a lot of uh, more intelligent. Steeler fans haven't been giving him heat is that the field goal would have only tied the game and Chris Boswell was suspect all year. They just cut him and signed the new kicker this week. He was placed on IR. Or was he? Yes. But regardless, (laughs) what I'm saying is that there's a, he was shaky all year. Yeah. There's no, there's no, no, there was a, no guarantee he makes the kick to, that would send them into overtime. There's no guarantee they win in overtime. It's an extremely funny meme on NFL memes. Oh yeah. Where, I don't know if you follow NFL memes. I think they're funny most (laughs) of the time. Sometimes they're just stupid. But uh, it was a picture of Boswell's face. He's like, oh, I'm glad Juju fumbled. I was getting nervous. 
<laughs> I was like, yeah, I kind of, I bet he, I bet he was That's being like, oh man, it's going to come down to my leg. But we'll now they need a win and they need some help from the Cleveland Browns. Yeah. So uh, the irony, the irony is <laughs> I so think it's fun. Awesome. But who knows, you know, uh, last year, since he played spoiler to the Baltimore Ravens, I don't think it's impossible to do it again. I mean, they don't have Andy Dalton or AJ Green or Tyler Boyd who caught that pass. But you know, who I watched that knows? I, I watched that video a couple days ago again, and it, I still teared up about it. I think it'll, <laughs> I think it'll always make me emotional. I mean, that's good. And that's nice. It'll it'll always make me happy, and because I, I was having a really bad day, and I was just scrolling through Twitter, and somebody tweeted uh, for you, Steeler fans who think that a Baltimore upset can't happen week seventeen to send you to the playoffs. Here's this, and it was just it was cool. So. But talking about the Steelers specifically, I mean, I don't know. I don't want to sound wishy-washy. Yeah. But we talked about this week three, and I said I think they're going to be on the outside looking in. Yeah. And they went on their run, and then I recanted that. I mean, uh, they were one, two, and one, and they won five straight. Which is or no, no, no. Six straight because they were seven, two, and one at one point. Extremely impressive. And now they're and one and four in the last five games. But that's kind of that momentum thing you were just talking about. I feel like you can't have that dramatic of a swing. I mean, you obviously can. If they do get in, they can, by absolute all they're, means, make a run. They're a very talented football team, even without Le'Veon Bell. They're, they have all these pieces to win and win in the playoffs. So it'll be interesting to see. I don't think they get in. I don't. I, uh, the, odds, the odds are against. Them. I don't think it'll happen. But regardless, it's just I. This team could be nowhere in a year or two, depending on what happens with Big Ben, uh, Mike Tomlin. You know, there are things, there are moving pieces that could happen within a couple of years, and the Steelers could totally miss their window here with Juju and Antonio Brown and Le'Veon hopefully back next year if he plays for the Steelers. But regardless. you think that's going to happen? I don't know. He said he wanted to play for Pittsburgh. Oh, well. well, obviously, that'll be a big topic in the offseason, but uh, we'll see what happens. It's just, I don't think they make it this year, and it'll be very, I'll be very intrigued to see how they go in the offseason. So, right. I but. I would believe they would make it if Baltimore didn't have so much on the line. If Baltimore was out, I'd be like, yeah. Right. Totally. But Baltimore knows how much they're playing for. Yeah. And being at home... I think they're just going to come out. I think I I don't I think it's going to come down to the wire. I really do because Baker Mayfield is just Baker said something really awesome to the press. I I want I should bring it up a little bit later maybe if I can find it. But they they asked him a question about the. Oh, it was really funny. I don't know if you saw this, but they asked him <laughs> about the the. First of all, they asked him about staring down Hugh Jackson in, in the Cincy game. Yeah, and he was like, uh, "Why were you staring down Hugh?" And he goes, "What?" And he was like, he's just messing with them. And he's like, I don't know what you're talking about. And then all this stuff. And then somebody gave him schlack. A reporter gave him schlack for being so abrasive, if you will. Yeah. And he said, I don't know why people have such a problem with people being competitive. He said, football is a competitive sport. One of the more competitive of all the major sports. Yeah, I'm going to go in there and try to kick everybody's behind. That's why I'm here. Why don't people love competitiveness? And I was like, I, you know what? I like that. You know what I mean? Okay. I just because it's true. I mean, I trust me. We love sportsmanship, you and I, and most people do. And I love yeah. a classy Larry Fitzgerald who shakes the man's hand after the game. But I also love the the Baker Mayfield mentality of I'm coming for your throat and we're gonna win this game. And nobody wants to. It, it's so it's so cool that uh, Rich Eisen, one of my favorite analysts, he does the Rich Eisen podcast and NFL Network. 
Uh, he talked about it. He said, if you don't think that Baker Mayfield wants to go into Baltimore and stick it to the former, quote-unquote, Browns, then you're out of your mind and don't know Baker Mayfield <laughs> at all. Uh, so, I mean, that'll be a crazy – that'll be a fun game too. Yeah, so, that was actually one of my cold reads, so thanks but, a lot. Oh, cool. But regardless, uh, we – I mean, we – We've lingered on the on, on the Steelers enough, I think. But now uh, we're talking about Baker. We were talking about Baker too. But, uh, <laughs> um, but I wanted to I wanted to segue into a little bit of a, this is a bad segue. I'm just gonna kind of cold go into it. Oh. But um, I wanted to talk about one of my favorite players who announced that he's retiring today, Kyle Williams. Yeah, defensive tackle out of LSU, playing for the Buffalo Bills for 13 seasons. For one team that doesn't that rarely happens in the NFL, uh, and he finally made it to the playoffs last year, which was great. For that was him. a nice moment. Yeah, I like that he, video. Of, he's with his kids. Yeah, and, and he had the rushing touchdown in that game against Miami, which was cool. Uh, but th- I wanted to. This is a cool. This is going to be a tidbit, but I wanted to point this out. I have the uh, twenty-two defensive tackles that were taken in the two thousand six NFL draft. Okay. Uh, and I'll, I will say them in the order that they were drafted. Haloni do all twenty two. Haloni Nada was the first was the first one. Okay, Still then playing very well. Broderick Bunkley. Yep, my favorite player. John McCargo, ironically him. drafted by the Buffalo Bills in the first round. Hmm. Uh, Claude Roten, David Dworsek, Gabe Watson, Domita Pecco. Wow, in the I didn't four- realize he's wow in the fourth round. Uh, Barry Cofield, uh, Orion Harris. And then in the fifth round with 134th pick, Kyle Williams. And then there were 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12 others taken after that, but none of their names ring a bell. Okay. But so he was the 1, 2, 3, if Adam 4, Rossi 5, doesn't 6, know that. Seven, eight, something. Right? He was the 10th defensive tackle taken. Okay. Um, and it's just, I, he had one of the most awesome careers ever. And I don't think, I don't think he's a, a Hall of Fame player. Uh, it's certainly not in terms of stats. I think you have to have the stats to get into the Hall of Fame. Okay. Uh, but just he had a Hall of Fame heart and a Hall of Fame fire. Uh, and he came to play every week. And it's just he never, ever gave up on that team and that city. And it's just he'll be in Buffalo for the rest of his life. He'll be a part of this team in whatever way. He, you know, I, I believe that. His, his family loves Buffalo. He's He is what Buffalo and the Bills are all about. And I just – that's why I love him. And I'm so – so excited that I get to see his final game. Yeah. Uh, in, a, in a career of just so many great moments. So I just, I wanted to, I mean, we don't have to talk about it a lot, really. I just wanted to give a shout out to him. And 22 defensive tackles were taken. And, and Nada has had a pretty good career. And Peco's had a great career. But yeah. Williams is certainly one of the best in that draft. And I would say he's two. Yeah. I would say he's number two. You think Peco's better? No, I think oh. Nada's better. Oh, okay. Do you think Peco's better? No, I think that if, I wouldn't rank Nada the third out of all three. <laughs> you would? I would. Really? Yeah. I think uh, all three are great players. I think that's wrong. I think all three are great players. But regardless, I just, Kyle Williams, an, an excellent player and an even better person. So. All right. Yeah. There we go. I'm going to take a timeout real okay. fast. All right. So, uh, Josh had to get a little bit of water and Stack yeah. Guy pulled up. Wet. Wet my whistle. Wet. Stack guy pulled up the Baker tracker for us. Baker tracker. And it's pretty crazy. <laughs> so Josh projection, this was in week four, uh, and you marked the timestamp, didn't you? I did. We'll have to bring it up and we'll count it as a friend's fortune. <laughs> uh, but uh, I didn't pro- know if I didn't know if so we, we wanted to talk about this next week. No, I want to talk about it okay, now. I was I, wanna, I was excited about I it. I want I want 
our fans to go into the week knowing what you have to like what it has to be for okay. the, you know what I mean? Okay. So six to eight wins. So you got that right no matter what. Yeah. Although you did I believe you did say seven when you went through. You were like six to eight, so I'd say seven. Okay. But regardless, so you got that right no matter what. <laughs> which is awesome. Three thousand seven hundred and forty one yards. Right now he has three thousand three hundred and forty nine. So is this what the projection is he needs? That's what he needs. He needs three hundred and forty two or ninety two. I think that's a nine. Three hundred and ninety two yards against the Ravens probably won't happen. Probably. Although we're gonna do that thing where we did you already add the Jets yardage? Yes, that's included. All right, so three hundred and ninety two yards, twenty eight touchdowns you projected, he has twenty four, so he has to throw four, uh and you projected thirteen picks and he has eleven. Uh, and the rushing yardage isn't really that close, but regardless, no, that, uh, that's... he needs 150 rushing yards and four touchdowns, so it's not going <laughs> to happen. But regardless, his stat line next week has to be 392 for four touchdowns and two picks, and it will match perfectly what your Baker tracker was. I will say this. Baker has only thrown for more yardage than that once, and it was against Houston yeah. in that bad loss. But the only other time that he's thrown... For over 300 yards, was against Baltimore back when they won nine six. Back when they won in in Cleveland, he uh. threw for 342 yards. <laughs> so I want so. it to happen. I want the exact numbers to happen. <laughs> I want 392, four TDs, and two picks from Baker. I want that. And what's crazy to me that, that with okay, go ahead. Say what what's crazy say. to me that you projected 28 touchdowns is. Like, that's the rookie record for passing touchdowns held by Tom Brady. Or by Peyton Manning. Is it? I don't know if you knew that when you projected it, but... I didn't know Peyton Manning still had that record. The record is 28 touchdowns held by Peyton Manning. And when you made that, that. what's funny is that I can't believe that, like, when you projected that, that that's a high number for a rookie. Because that's the rookie record for touchdown passes. Okay. So, I, I mean, it's crazy. I want him to have 392, four TDs and two picks. I want it to happen on the dot. Obviously, it's not going to happen on the dot. <laughs> but what's crazy to not me <laughs> is I feel like that's super obtainable. What do you mean? Like, I, the, how this, how I see this game script going, yeah. like, I don't think Nick Chubb's going to have a great day. Okay. I think they're going to have to throw the ball, and I feel like these numbers are doable. I mean, Baltimore's a tough defense, though. Yeah. They're a very good defense. They are, and Baker is probably going to throw for, like, 132 now. <laughs> but... I think he's just too much of a competitor, yeah. and I just feel like to beat or to hang around with this team, yeah. it's going to have to be through the air, and that's why I can see like these turnovers happening, Yeah, but it's going to be fun to see. I want it to happen. I really do. Um, so, I mean, we'll see. We'll see. Because, again, they're going <laughs> to they're gonna play, and they're going to go 100% the whole way. You know Baker Mayfield. It's gonna, that's going to happen that way. Yep. But the Ravens have so much to play for, and... Five and one Lamar Jackson is coming into town. Or is it's in Baltimore. In Baltimore, so I it'll be a game that we have our eye on for sure once we're heading back from the Bills game. It's gonna be a lot of fun. Yeah. It's gonna be a lot of fun. Yeah. Yeah. It's just uh my favorite thing about listening to this, or like when I go back and listen to our, our episode to I say all these numbers and you're like, and you think they're only gonna win these games? I'm like, yeah. <laughs> Here we are. <laughs> so oh, I love it. I love it. Yes, and you nailed the wins. I mean, like I said, six to eight, and they have seven. And they, even if they win, it's still eight. So you nailed it. I've been, and that's something I've been. I was wishy washy on a lot of things this year, being like, you know what? I think 
kind of following the trends and whatnot and seeing what's happening, but I've always been extremely consistent on the Browns. Yeah. Even, like, when it was sounding negative, when you're like, they're going to win the division, I was like, no, they're not. <laughs> but I've just been like, this is what I think they are, and it's a huge improvement, and I believe in them. Just, this, was, this was the step they needed to take. Two things went wrong for the, the North right now, is that Baltimore beat L.A. Yeah. And Pittsburgh beat. But if those two things hadn't happened, they'd be in the spot right now to win it again. But I did not think Baltimore was going to beat LA, but I did think yeah. Pittsburgh was going to beat right. New England. But eh, regardless, regardless, speaking of Pittsburgh beating New England, let's talk about the race for the top seeds. Yeah, because this is the I can't remember a time where the only seed that's locked up right now is the number one overall in the NFC, and that's the Saints. Yeah, every other seed in every other conference division is open. Which is insane. Right. Like, I, I I don't remember a time where it was this wide open because there's a scenario where neither the Chiefs and the Patriots are the one and two seed because it could be the Chargers and the Texans. Yeah. There's a scenario where the Rams are not the two seed and it's the Bears. Yep. Uh, so there's all these different, excuse me, excuse me, pardon me, scenarios wow. that could happen. And the other really cool thing that I want to say is there's only – one division wrapped up in the AFC, and the Patriots clinched their division. The Chiefs, the 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 AFC West, yeah. Chiefs, Chargers still open. The South between the Texans, Colts, and Titans, all three of those teams can still win the division. Uh, the Ravens and the Steelers are the North. So like all those divisions are still up for grabs. Just so cool. I I just think it's so fun. Uh, obviously in the NFC, the Cowboys, the Bears, the Rams, and the Saints have wrapped up their divisions. So, you know, not as exciting. But, uh... It was so dismissive. <laughs> I mean, Just I, seeing your face and you're like... Yeah, I mean, it's not right. as exciting in terms of division, but th- <laughs> there's still a lot that a lot of movement that can happen there because the Bears can move up to two, uh, the Seahawks could, could drop to six, so like, there's, there are things that could happen. Yeah. And obviously Philly can get in there uh, if, if, if Minnesota loses, so... So, yeah, let's, let's talk about things being really wide open and, and how we think things will shape up. Obviously, I want to delve into this conversation, but it made me think when you were saying I haven't seen things this wide open in terms of seating and whatnot, and that's absolutely correct. I haven't, since I've been watching football, I don't think I've gone into a playoff, well, just call it season or yeah. playoff time run, whatever you yeah. want to call it, with everything being so wide open. Yeah. I don't think I've seen, like, usually, like, it's the Patriots, and you're like, well, they're going to be around for the championship game. Yeah. And, but even the Saints, and I, I will say, and I talked to you about this last week and yeah. was talking about why you were confident. I'm, I'm still confident, but right. there, I'm, there's parts of me that are worried. And even the game against Pittsburgh, right. I still like feel expose those flaws a little bit. Yeah. But I haven't seen a playoff season session run, whatever you want to call it, where I thought it was so entirely wide open. Yeah. I think a six seed can go in and definitely compete with, any one or two, and I think no matter who gets in this dance, every single one is going to be a Super Bowl contender. The, the, I will say this. I will say two things. One, I'm going to sneeze. Okay. Um, wow. I'm so anxious. It didn't happen. <laughs> anyway. Oh, anticlimactic. Anyway. So, two. <laughs> I'm going to say three things now. Two. Excluding the Titans a little bit, because I know you wouldn't believe in that. I would not. 
Excluding the but Titans, they're not going to make it. So. Including the Steelers and Eagles who are on the outside, and the current in the current playoff field, including the Eagles and the Steelers who are on the outside looking in. Every single team, I believe, could win the Super Bowl this year. Yeah, yeah, and that's something. And the reason Which is I say really that, cool. the reason I say that is because like years past, like just for example, now it seems like I'm going to be picking on Titans fans. I never believed in them when right. they got it. I was like, they're not yeah. going to be able to go and I mean, hang around with. I'm not going to. Pick on myself, but I don't think anybody believed the Bills were a threat to win the Super Bowl last sure, year. Sure, you know yeah, I mean? like that's a really great point. Either, I appreciate you saying that because, like, they're uh, for most years, there's like right. that one team who's like, oh, they like right. they got in, and that's really yeah. cool. But like, they're not going to the Super Bowl this year. I think it's anyone that's in that yeah. dance, and I I think that's awesome for the sport. Yeah, and I think that's why this is one of the biggest reasons why football is the best professional sport, and it's certainly the most popular. Uh, I can. I was gonna say I, I can say it's the best as an, an opinion, but it's a fact that it's the most popular of the sports that are major sports because it's any anything can happen. Anybody can win. Yeah, it's not uh, well, and obviously the NBA is a little bit different this year because the Warriors are struggling a lot. But it's not just the Warriors are going to win the title or <laughs> the Red Sox win again in baseball. You know, it's just or the Pens win three straight Stanley Cups. It's just the. Anything could happen in the NFL. Baseball is usually different. I will say this: <laughs> my Super Bowl has still not changed. Uh, I still, I'm very confident in both championship games and what they're going to be. I don't know if I want to say that now or if we want to save that. Save that for next week for our, for our playoff episode. Future, yeah, but uh, I'm very confident in what those four teams are going to be. So, in the what were the the Super Bowl prediction was Saints and Chargers? Yeah, right? I'm still I would very, love that. I'm still very, very confident in that. I, I think be, there are a lot of fun storylines with Drew Brees against the Chargers and I'd be so Philip Rivers actually would be so conflicted in that Super Bowl. I know I I would be very happy for whoever would win, but I, I mean obviously I would be rooting to be right and wanting to, I would I want I want Drew Brees. It's so funny because I want Rivers to win it so that he can finally get that monkey out of his back yeah. and can shut up and be like, oh, he is one of the best to play. But I also want Breeze to win one and stick it to everybody who never includes him in that conversation with Tom Brady and and Peyton Manning and and Aaron Rodgers, who I I believe he so deserves to be in that conversation. Absolutely. I mean, obviously, I made the argument earlier in the season that he was the greatest quarterback of all time. Right. So, but regardless, I I'm still steadfast in those picks. I I totally believe that that, that it'll happen. I like it. But uh, I will say both of those teams need to figure out what's going on with their own line. Probably, but again, that's my other thing is that I think that I think that Melvin Gordon being back really helps the Chargers O line. Okay, uh, so I think that they're going to be okay, and I like the idea of them being able to. They talked about this about why they didn't do. It. We talked about this with Aaron Rodgers and the Packers and Aaron Jones, and why they they didn't utilize Aaron Jones in the way that Melvin Gordon is utilized in LA. Because what Anthony Lynn does, uh, head coach and play caller of the Chargers. What he does is he will use Gordon in pass protection, but then have him sort of chuck the block and then eke out and have a little dump off. Yeah. And and I think that that's the way you fix that protection a little bit is having the threat of a Melvin Gordon or an Austin Eckler being able to sneak out and just get a little dump off holds that pass rush off a little bit and holds back that lineman. And I think that's that's key. And the Saints have the same thing with Kamara. They have they have that guy who can chuck the block and the little dump off, and that can slow down the pass rush. So it's they they certainly have to scheme through some of their issues with offensive line, but I believe in Sean Payton and Anthony Lynn to be able to do those things. Okay, so I dig it. I dig it. Yeah. Um. So I don't know. I just 
sorry, let's reel things back in. So right. we're talking about all the potential seeds and uh-huh. how they could move around and uh-huh. whatnot. I just so and and this can call me an anti Homer or, mm-hmm. or whatnot, but I just I don't want New England to have the first round bye. I don't either. if but they have to go the Jets have to beat them. It's not impossible. It's not but, impossible. But the Jets have to beat them it's for it to impossible. happen. But you know, I just if if they are going to get to the Super Bowl, which I won't discredit them. I we already I just said anybody that gets happen. in the dance, it's probably not going to happen. <laughs> but if it does I want them just to truly earn it, nitty gritty. We have to go and win every one of these football games. Something we haven't done I agree. in years. They've and never done it. They, 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 their path to the Super Bowl has always been through home field. Oh, they've never gone on the road to win a Super Bowl. Okay, well, they've never done it. And and while and while they still like this doesn't take away from their dynasty or whatever. They won the games and they won the Super Bowls. I'm not discrediting that. But we talked about this last week. They have locked themselves into this division of the Dolphins, Jets, and Bills who haven't been anything for so long. Yeah. And they, there have been no competition. They lock themselves into a first round bye every year because they get six easy games every year and they e- easily win their division. So it's just, you're right. I want to see them go down to the Jets this week and I want the Texans to finish it off against, uh, who are they playing? They're playing Jacksonville at home. So I, I want, in Houston. I want those games to go the way so that Texans get those by and the Patriots get their one home game. They'll get their one home game against either the Colts or the Titans. They'll get it. Now, although, actually, I, the Ravens and the Steelers are still in play both for the sixth seed. Um, although the Colts and Titans have to tie, tie for, for that to happen. To, which won't. Uh, but I just they'll, – they'll have their bye and they'll, they'll, they're going to probably play the sixth seed. Uh, although, I actually, I don't know if – if the Pats lose, Houston wins, and Baltimore wins, does yeah, Patriots go all the way down to the fifth seed? I don't know. Regardless, they they, <laughs> they will have their they would have their one home game in the wild card round, which would be a tough game, and then they would have to go on the road twice to go to the Super Bowl, and I don't I don't believe in that at all. So I just want I feel like. I don't think I'm wrong in saying this. If you're not a New England fan, I think everybody would like to see that. Oh, yeah. I think people are just tired of seeing teams have to go Gillette. I think they want to see... The only time that I've ever seen New England on the road in a playoff game was when they had to go to Denver, and they lost that game during... Right, that AFC title game. Yeah. That was my sophomore year of college. I remember that. I was watching it with Charlie, and when they lost, he ripped his shirt off and went into the room and started crying. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not kidding. Because it was the play where he hit Gronk on a fourth down in the back corner of the end zone to put it, it was 20-18 to 18 on that score, and they had to go for the two-point conversion and didn't get it. Yeah. So. <laughs> wow. What a moment. I don't care that I shared that intimate story because Charlie's not listening to this right now. Yeah. I'm going to get a text on Sunday. What the hell, man? <laughs> It's personal. And I'll be like, thanks for listening. <laughs> Finally. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I just think it'd be so much better from a fan standpoint, a fan of just the NFL, and it would just be a different storyline that we haven't gotten. That would be the way for Tom to go out. I know that he has said that he wants to play. He's, he has he said, did say. He said he wants to play next year and still more years. I don't think he should because I think it's just going to progressively get worse for him. But I just... That would be the way for him to go out, to finally do it on the road and through tough battles and tough tests and go there and stick it to whoever comes out of the NFC, who, who, if any of these teams do, it'll be a tough challenge for him. 
and, and win it and go out. Uh, although I just I don't see it happening. Even if they have that that first round bye, I don't think they would get. You know what I mean? Because they're not going to be the number one overall seed. So it's possible. Is it? No, it's not. Yes, it is because they have the tiebreaker over over Kansas KC? City. It is possible. Oh, so that sucks because I want I I kind of want Kansas City to lose so that LA can get the bye. But if Kansas City loses and LA wins and New England wins, New England is still the two seed. Okay, right. right. LA would still because have LA would have one. the they would be twelve and four. Right. And the Pats would be eleven and five. But yes. still, regardless, I just uh, if everything went the way I wanted to, the Chiefs would lose, the Chargers win, the Pats would lose, and the Texans would win. So that it would be Chargers Texans with a first round bye. That'd be so fun. But I don't think it'll happen. It, that so. is also a lot. Regardless, yes. I don't think much will change with the seeding, honestly. I think that I think that it's you don't believe in the Titans, I do. I'm 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 kind of wavering right now on the pick for that I was game. Say, is that the that's the pick spoiler that I that's the one right now? No, I'm not I'm not saying anything right now. I I, I think mine. I'm wavering with it. Uh, but that's that's the only seed that I see possibly changing. The rest I think is fine. Okay. I think it's gonna stay the way it is, but Let's uh, switch gears and talk about the NFC for a couple of minutes. And like I said, most of these teams are, are you know, locked up. Uh, the only team that can, the only teams that can swap are the six between the Eagles and the Vikings. Well, two and three can theoretically swap. No, I mean, I mean that, uh, like. Oh, the, you mean like the picture set? Like a like a team comes out and one oh, comes okay. in. That's the only thing that can. Change. But it's gonna happen. It's gonna happen. I agree. I everything I, is. Everything is set for Philadelphia because, to be in because, right now. Because Chicago's going to play the full game, and they're going to play all their I guys. they do. And they're going to, I mean... I'm going to look, look so I do not rants. believe in Minnesota at all to go into Chicago. And you know I, I love Kirk Cousins, but I don't believe in that at all. Yeah. It's just, I, it's, the Chicago's going to win. And I feel bad for Kirk and Minnesota. I hope they get to reload, but... They're gonna go. To, it, this is this is bad for Minnesota though, because next year Detroit's gonna be a lot better. You know the Packers are gonna be a lot better. Hopefully, like this is their shot to make it. I think. I think they're finally because they won the division once or twice in the last few years, and they've been in the playoffs consistently, and they made the title game. This might be the end of the Vikings' run for a little bit here. It's this gonna, is how fickle the NFL is. It changes so quickly. It's definitely gonna be pivotal <laughs> because with that Kirk Cousins contract, they're gonna start running into some money issues. Yeah. With that young defense. Yep. Because they have so many great young playmakers that are gonna command those those dollars and we're gonna have to see how how they manage that and whatnot. Right. This isn't a cold read, but it's a question for you. Okay. I guess it could be a cold read if we want it to be, but is there a player in the NFL going into week seventeen with more pressure on their shoulders than Kirk Cousins? Oh no. God no. There's not a <laughs> no, there's not a soul. Because even guys that, you know, I'm looking at guys like um, Lamar Jackson certainly has a little bit of pressure because he has to win in a tough game. Okay. Uh, I would say there's, Marcus Mariota is questionable. I would say there's pressure on Marcus Mariota to play and play well. I think it would be the same time, if he But at the same time, he's injured, he's still young, and this team still has pieces that they need to add. So there's, um, other than that, no. Because Kirk's the one who has to win to stay in because it's, Nick Foles doesn't even have the pressure on him because if he loses, so what? He's still the Super Bowl MVP and he still led this team better than Carson Wentz did. Yeah. So, I mean, the, I, no, I'm not looking at anybody that has pressure on them because even the even the Steelers, like Big Ben might have some pressure on him, but he doesn't even control his own destiny. Kirk, all he has to do is win one football game on the road and they're in the playoffs. 
nobody else has that scenario. Right. I mean, you're right. Like Big Ben is an example of like a quarterback that does have pressure, but just not as much. This At was all. the reason that Kirk Cousins was brought in. Yeah. They had such high expectations. One blown out game away from reaching the Super Bowl and uh-huh. whatnot. $84 million guaranteed. And we've been talking about this all year long. We've talked about it a few times, but I don't think we've beat the horse over the head like some right. some people have of being, yeah. this was a huge mistake and whatnot. But, you know, when it comes down to it, it's not all on Kirk Cousins. It's not. No. But, gosh darn, like, you had this amazing run with a quarterback who, nothing against Case Keenum, but he, in my opinion, is definitely not as talented as Kirk Cousins. Yeah. Say whatever you will about Kirk Cousins, but... This team has not lived up anywhere near the expectations. I don't know about you, and obviously you didn't because you were saying Saints, but I think a heck of a lot of people had Minnesota pegged as very heavy Super Bowl favorites. Yeah, and... And now they're fighting just to stay alive in it. What's insane to me is we have said this multiple times on our show about... we've said multiple for multiple different games on this show that we've said, quote, this is the game that you brought Kirk, bought Kirk Cousins for. Yeah. We've said that three or four different times, and he's lost those games three or four different times. Yeah. So, I mean, they did win the big one. Uh, the, the what was the, or did they not? Wasn't I there, don't know which big game was, you're there a Sunday, to, was there, Wasn't there a Sunday night game that they won that was big, and we were like, okay, that was... Green like, Bay. Okay, the Green Bay game. That's right. Um... For a second, I thought it was uh, Chicago, and then I was like, no, they, nope, they lost, they to, lost Chicago. to Chicago. Uh, but again, like we have said many times, and I'm looking at my computer right now because I'm trying to bring up um, the stats on this, but we've said so many times, you know, this is why you got Kirk Cousins. But this needs to be said in defense of Kirk Cousins. It absolutely does. 4,166 yards, 70% completion percentage, 29 touchdowns, 10 interceptions. He's played great football. I mean, there there are times in big moments where he has crumbled. There are times in big moments where he just hasn't made the play. We're not going to say that that hasn't happened. But I will pay eighty. I will pay eighty four guaranteed million dollars for that quarterback every year. Wow. I will pay that money. And 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 if I can't put the team around him or coach the team around him enough, then that is on me and not my quarterback that I paid money for. Okay. I will pay the money for those stats. And I think that a lot of privileged fans are the ones that are attacking Kirk Cousins because I had to live through Buffalo's <laughs> disgusting, hoth, frozen land of, of a planet of quarterbacks for, for Buffalo for so many years. I know what ineptitude looks at a quarterback. Kirk Cousins is a far, 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 far cry from it. So I think that Minnesota fans and other people who – have been privileged enough to have good quarterback play, need to calm down a little bit because Kirk is playing some very good football for most of the season. Sure. I'll disagree with you. First of all, you I won't disagree with you by saying that that is not inept quarterback play. You're completely correct. Right. He has played well. You changed you changed your adjectives there, though, <laughs> in, in that little speech. Because at first you were like, he had a, he's had a great year. Yeah. And then you said very good. Okay. I agree with you on very good. Okay. I won't say great because 
I think it's a perfect description of the year, though. <laughs> is that is that I I would say great and then back off a little bit, or you would say very good, and maybe, like I think that's what it is. I think he's had moments of greatness all year, but then he's had moments of pretty good and moments of okay, you know. Right. So, but as a whole, and that's why I'm going to say very good because statistics wise, yeah, really pretty darn solid. Yeah. But statistics have obviously gotten you to where this record is. We could be looking on the outside mm-hmm. if the cards don't fall our way. And it's those big moments, and that's the reason why week one we talked about leadership. Yeah. And I think those are the moments that you you prove those things, and you prove that you're this franchise stone right. quarterback. A quarterback that I've always been down on, that I've never been the biggest fan of, and I know you disagree with me, is Matt Stafford. Matt Stafford is one of those, if you go look at his statistics, he had those years of 5,000 yards, and, I mean, he has been a little bit turnover, but I don't think he's, it's never been egregious, it's never been 27 yeah. picks or anything like yeah. that, like Eli once, I don't know yeah. why I said that, that was an attack on Eli that That's didn't okay. need to be had, but, <laughs> but he's never really gotten the team there, and so while you're like, I'll pay for these statistics, I'll pay $84 million for those, I was like, nah, no, I won't, I won't do that. I think... You know, you deliver it in those big moments. And that's why I'll say he had a very good year, not great. I will say this, another word of defense of Kirk Cousins. He has taken 36 sacks this year. That's the 11th most in the NFL. There are only three quarterbacks above him that are in the playoffs. Okay. Can you name them? I know Mahomes is one, isn't he? No. Oh, really? I thought. Well, it's not Breeze. Mm Mm-mm. That are definitely in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think Goff's been hit that much. Nope. Well, he's actually below. He's one below. He was sacked 33 times. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. Um, you know, I feel like Philip Rivers has gotten sacked like 16 times in the last two games. So He's, he's below Goff. Really? 32. Well, it's like 16 of those have been in the last two weeks. So <laughs> <laughs> That scared the crap out of me. <laughs> what is that? My phone's making an emergency call. <laughs> <laughs> that scared the crap out of me. I was like, oh my god! We're dead! Um, anyway. That's definitely... I, I don't know. I, this shouldn't be that hard. You said there are three? There are three. <laughs> I mean, there's only like four playoffs. One's teams. in the AFC and two are in the NFC. Um, I mean, I've already eliminated like four of them, so I have to say like Russell's one of them. Russell is one of them. Russell is the sixth most. He's taken 45 sacks. Uh, um. Oh, Deshaun Watson. He's number one in the NFL. Yeah, with sacks I knew taken. that one. Fifty-six. I knew that one. That's really they've cut that down though. They have. I mean, that, that fifty-six. Half of those were in the first four weeks of the season. I feel like we said the Bills sacked them six or seven times. Say a tenth of those were like in that Cowboys game. <laughs> <laughs> and ironically, number two is Dak Prescott with fifty-two sacks. Oh, taken. see, I so would, like I that said, would not have been my guess. Like I said, is that you know again. There are a lot of factors that go into this. But that being said, you know, he's taken a lot of hits. But we knew that coming in. We knew if you address one weak spot on that team, I would have said the offensive line. But again, I'm just... That was the problem last year. I feel like they did nothing to fix it. I'm just saying all these other teams are not even, like, third is Aaron Rodgers. They're not even close to the playoffs. He's tied with Derek Carr. Not even close. Eli Manning, not close. Uh, Marcus Mariota, who has a shot... uh, 
Matt Ryan, not even close. Matthew Stafford, not even close. Josh Rosen, you know, like all these quarterbacks <laughs> are being sacked so much and they're not even close to the playoffs. And, you know what I mean? So I'm just saying that I think that there's something to be said about, yes, he has all these weapons and, and, and yes, he has this great defense, but he's not the only one who hasn't shown up in big moments because that Vikings defense has not shown up in key moments at certain points. The Chicago Bears stuck it to the Vikings. Like their Vikings defense did not really stop Minnesota, or did not Minnesota's defense did not stop Chicago. They did not. So the it the reason that they lost the game was not his fault. The reason that the Vikings lost against the Rams on Thursday night not Kirk Cousins' fault. He threw for over four hundred and four touchdowns. You know the reason that they lost that they tied against Green Bay was not Kirk Cousins' fault. So I mean there are games that are pivotal that they would have already clinched everything so far. You know what I mean? That's two games. That's a good point. They'd be sitting here at ten. They'd be sitting here at ten wins, five losses, or, or yeah, ten wins, four losses. They could end up being winning the division this week. So I, I'm saying that they're they're not as bad as people will say they are. And Kirk Cousins has not failed this team as much as people think he has. It's just going to be extremely interesting to see if they don't make it, what which happens? we don't think they will. I don't think either of us think they will. No, I don't. I, I feel um, bad. I, I kind of wish they would, but... There's going to be a ton of people calling for Kirk Cousins' head. And I think a lot of those people need to cool it because who are you going to get? I mean, I agree. You know what I mean? I agree. <laughs> who are you going to get? <laughs> well, first of all, nothing will happen, but he's where he's meant to be. Yeah. I believe that. I think if they revamp their offensive line next year, they will be right at the top of contenders again next year. Absolutely. So... So let's just talk for one more second about uh, the team that if we don't think Minnesota's going to get in, who Philly, will? Philly, it's going to be Philly-Philly. And they're going to beat Washington in Washington. I think so. And oh my God. It's got to take a little uh, detour here. Let's take a real aggressive right turn. Just for funsies, I looked at the power rankings. Oh God. Washington's still like 19. <laughs> What? I mean, they're seven and eight. That's no, what their record is. God. That, no. <laughs> no. It's so God. All I'm going to say is that I got you to look at the power rankings. <laughs> uh, it just made no sense. It's, it's garbage. It's garbage. It doesn't matter. If you're, if you're beyond the playoff field, I don't care where you rank. If you're beyond the field and you're not the Bills, I really could care less what Elliot <laughs> Harrison thinks of you. 19, that's fine. No, it's stupid. fine. It's idiotic. Anyway, Philly's going to beat them. They're going to be in the playoffs, and they're probably, let's look at the, what the matchup would be. But it's just, be. it's ridiculous. It'd be going to Chicago. Like, guaranteed, because it could be going to LA. Well, if. if <laughs> you know what I mean? If, let's pretend everything else stays the same. You're, it'd be going to Chicago. I don't think they'd win that game. I think it's actually kind of possible. Do you know that Lewis Riddick on Mike and Mike this morning said the Bears are going to win the Super Bowl? Okay. He flat out, he was like, the Bears are going to win the Super Bowl, and he like laid it out, and it was pretty convincing. But I mean, I think that's wrong, but it's not crazy. No, it's not. It's not crazy. And that goes back to what we said earlier, is that anybody could do it in this field. Obviously, uh, I want to talk about this so much, we'll see if it even, we'll, we'll see if it plays out that way, and then I will be so excited to talk right. about it, because I really do think Philly probably be the best equipped team to beat Chicago in this portion Maybe. of the playoffs, yeah. but we'll see if that even gets there. I just think it's crazy that I think the stars are perfectly aligned for Philly to get in from the point of 
like think and actually Philly kind of controlled it because by beating LA that kept that two seed relatively open which gives Chicago something to play for in this game against Minnesota who's playing them it's just like kind of like this crazy conspiracy thing that's so darn fun good old Saint Nick and gosh darn I mean he just earned that Earned that win against Houston. That win was insane. I, he I set the record for most passing yards in Philadelphia history. Well, did you know another thing is that did you hear that this is a little bit of a detour that Deshaun Watson hasn't lost the game by more than one position since high school. Wow. The last time Deshaun Watson lost a game by more than one possession was his sophomore year of high school and they lost by ten points. <laughs> oh, that's gross. How insane is that? I love it. He's a great kid. It's like he, they're in every game that he plays. Great it's kid. amazing. He's so good. <laughs> <laughs> but regardless, like, go, St. Nick, again, I just, I want it to happen because the storyline would be so amazing. Like, I don't want to be wrong about my Super Bowl pick, obviously. Yeah. But I want it to happen because the story would be so amazing. It really would. And then Carson Wentz, I believe, I, I don't, it would be really hard. To get rid of him after that. We talked about this last week. We did. But I refuse to believe that Laurie and Peterson would be dumb enough to move on from a two-time in a row. Super Bowl MVP was only 30 years old. I don't know how you could. At the start of next year. And when you have a 25-year-old quarterback who you can get rid of for a lot in the offseason. A ransom. I want, I want the Carson Wentz Derby in the offseason. I want to see the ridiculous offers that, that come up for him. I want to see. I want to see Adam Schefter sitting there being like, "I'm being reported that the Miami Dolphins are offering Joe Philbin coming back to coach their team." Like (laughs) all these stupid, crazy things. I want it. I just. It'd be so much fun. It would, and I mean, obviously, that is months away. Right, but I mean, in in theory, because so much has to happen. But I just. I said it last week, and I'm down. You think it should happen anyway? (laughs) I, I don't think it's crazy. I don't think it is either, and I think that I believe that we believe that they're going to win and get in. So we're assuming that that would happen. I believe that it's definitely something that they've thought about, and I think that they would listen to offers. And if they got that right one, I feel like they say, "Carson, you're a great guy. You've been great for the city, but you're, we've seen that you've been injury prone, and this quarterback has done it for us twice." Yeah. So you know what I mean? Like if somebody's offering you a first round pick and a player. Or a couple of second round picks and a player or two oh, that are really good. It takes so much more than that. But but you know what I mean. But even that that's what I'm saying is that I'm lowballing that offer. Yeah. People will offer more than that, but I would take it. I would take a trade for two seconds and a starting caliber player for Carson Wentz, knowing I already have a starting quarterback. And that's the thing. Nobody. Everything I'm hearing is disagreeing with you. What you and I are saying. Right. Right. But I I, I, just, I truly don't understand. Everyone's talking about. How Foles is playing so well right now, but Carson's the future. And yeah, I get it, but I don't want to repeat things that we talked about last week because we don't need to, but we talked about how this team just glows around Nick Foles and they believe in him and it's just taken him to a new level and he set a Philadelphia record last week against a team that was playing for a heck of a lot. That wasn't a scrub game. And I I think that seeing his performance this week and in, in the playoffs, if if they get in, is very important to watch. But the reason that we are saying that they should move on and stick with Nick <laughs> is because 
Hashtag. We've seen him do this before. He did it last year. He did it in the first time he was with Philly. 27 touchdowns and two picks. Like, this isn't just a random hot run that Case Keenum had last year. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, he's consistently done this. And to win that game that he did against Houston last week is unbelievable. The way he won that game. Because looking at the Rams game is, I, I can kind of get it because... You know, the Rams were probably were kind of overlooked them a little bit. Okay. You know, Nick Foles had only won the one game. They were coming in, all this stuff. Like, I can get maybe that happening. But Houston was prepared for that. Houston had everything on the line. They could have locked up the seed last week. Yeah. So, like, they they had everything to, to play for last week. And they came back and were up by one. And Nick did it. He Not only did he do it. He went down in the in the opposite end zone, had to take a play off, and came back and finished it. It's just he took that big hit. He took huge hit, came back and just you know obviously Zach Ertz is wide open, to, but to make the throw on the sideline while you're getting hit again after you'd already been knocked out, I can't begin to describe how hard that is. It's just it's so it's insane. It's so awesome. It's so much fun. One thing that bothers <laughs> me, I keep hearing people talk about the. One of the biggest reasons why you don't get rid of Wentz is because you did that King's Ransom trade to get him. But I feel like... Oh, yeah, that's right. I forgot I about that. I feel like Philly's already recovered from that. It's oh, I not mean, like... I mean, they, they're not... I mean, in terms of physically, yeah, they don't have any picks given up this year from the Wentz trade. So, but They're so, already replenished. Right, so why everyone's be like, you just made like this gigantic trade. You can't do that. I mean, that was three... Coming up on four years ago, right? And like, I, I am a big believer in, especially in the NFL, about living in the moment. And I think that a big problem with the NFL and fans, and analysts, is there's a lot of revisionist history happening. Okay. And I mean, and what I mean by that is a lot of people say, uh, and I, and I heard they were talking about this on the radio too. It was relating to the college football playoffs where they were like Notre Dame's biggest win was Michigan Week One, and see what happened to Michigan. I'm like, well, you can't be. You can't do a revisionist history because you can't. At that moment, that win was huge. So at that moment, yeah, that trade was huge. You got to it. But we're not in that moment anymore. We're living in the now. You can't look back and say, "Oh, well, we need to do this because we already did all that." You know what I mean? No, you're in this moment. You have a quarterback that's a Super Bowl MVP that could that could take you on another run to another one that you believe in that your team clearly plays better for. Who is not? I mean, I don't want to say this. But Carson Wentz takes that hit. He's probably out of the rest of the game because he's been injured so many times. You know what I mean? Foles the took Nick the hit. hit. Foles took the hit, went right back in, and won the game. Yeah. So I just – you're right. I don't agree with that at all. I think that you live in this moment of, okay, we made that trade and Carson was great, but we have Nick now. And we can get a lot for, for Carson. So that's the other thing is that that, that that argument doesn't make any sense to me because you can get so much for Carson Wentz right, in a trade. Basically. You're going to get all the ammo back. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> I don't disagree with you, so, my friend. So, I mean, I, I mean we, we obviously talked about this a lot last week, and it will be a topic through the offseason and the playoffs, obviously, depending on if they get in and how far they could go. But yeah, um, it's just so many awesome storylines heading into heading into this last week and in the playoffs and – and it's sad to see the season winding down, but I think we're in for a really awesome photo finish. Love it. Yeah. All right, let's get to some cold reads. Yeah, let's do a couple this, cold uh, reads. Get this almost wrapped up. Excuse me. So I have I have two two kind of fun cold reads. The first one is of the current playoff field, and you can include uh, 
Pittsburgh, Tennessee, and Philly. You can include those three teams because they're able to be in it. Oh, and I can include Indianapolis? No, but I said and the current field. They're currently in. Oh, they are? Yeah, they're currently the sixth seed. Oh. So, oh, yeah. of all the teams in it, <laughs> who would you be, as a head coach, most afraid to play in the playoffs? As a head coach, who would I be yeah. most afraid to yeah. play? I'm going to go with a, an interesting answer because I don't consider them Super Bowl candidates, but I'd be most afraid to play the Ravens. Yeah. I'd be most okay. afraid because to game plan for that offense, it has to be super difficult. Yeah. But more than that, I, I'm just terrified of that defense. I'm terrified of everything about it. On every level, they're just so darn yeah. stout. And they're, they're solid. And they're going to hit you, and they're going to make you... They're going to make you regret it. And I said, I don't remember when it was. I, actually, I do. I don't remember the week, but it was after the New Orleans game when they lost that game. But I was talking about... The Ravens? Yes, after Baltimore play? lost to New Orleans. When did they play That was the Justin Tucker miss kick. Oh, okay. That was Joe Flacco. It was Joe Flacco. Yeah. So that's... Saying way back then, I talked about even though they lost that game, I remember because this was the offense has really kind of come back down to earth compared to what we saw in the beginning of the year. But this was still during that offensive explosion. I said, in a year that we're having so much offense, maybe this defense is what we need. Right. And I, and I, like I said earlier on the episode, I really started backing off of the Ravens. I wasn't talking about them as much. But man. That I'd be terrified to play him. I will say this real quick, and we'll move on to the next cold read about the Ravens, because we talk about their defense enough, but I don't think we talk about their offense enough. Their offense is very dangerous, and it's scary, and I think that it is tailor-made for playoff football because of the running, yeah. but also because of this. Everything is ramped up in the playoffs. Everything. Everybody shoots out quicker and explodes harder, and that is perfect for Lamar Jackson read option because that defensive end doesn't want to be disciplined. He wants to shoot out and make that tackle. Yeah. Lamar pulls it and he's gone for 30 yards. And I think that that, I don't think anybody's going to be thinking about that because every defensive lineman wants to shoot out and make that play, especially in the playoffs. And they want to be so hyped and go for it. And all it takes is a little sleight of hand that Lamar is so good at to pull it. And he's gone. You give him that one inch, that one little moment of hesitation, no matter who you are as a defensive lineman, and Lamar Jackson is off for the races. And if they make the playoffs, which I believe we're pretty confident that they will, um, I think that they definitely win their first game, if not make win a game or two. I agree. So so you, I, I'm glad that that was your answer. Um, second question. <laughs> I misspelled his name. Bridgewater instead of Bridgewater. <laughs> but I want to talk about Teddy Bridgewater for a sec. Bridgewater is my favorite. Teddy Bridgewater... Uh, he's going to start for the Saints this weekend. We'll, yep. we'll get a glimpse, full game action. Where should Teddy Bridgewater go, and how good would that team be adding him? Um, I don't think Teddy Bridgewater should go anywhere. You think he should stay in New Orleans? Yes. Okay. I, I think that for both parties. Sean Payton loves Taysom Hill. He does, but I, I think Taysom Hill's still a project. I think he's still, and I think Sean Payton would love to continue using him as, him as a gimmick quarterback yeah. versus his okay. every down quarterback. Right. 
first of all, and I really wish we'd had the podcast going in yeah. the off season because when they made the trade, I texted you about it. And I was like, that was stupid. They shouldn't have done that. They gave up way <laughs> too much. And I still believe that. The third round pick. That's just so much for a player that was, for all intents and purposes, insurance. Mm-hmm. And so, as the organization, you gave up a lot to get this guy, who you obviously believe in. He's a good quarterback, and we both like Teddy Bridgewater. Yeah. And I think Teddy... I don't know why I was thinking so long of how to say that, because it's not like a profound thought. I think his, <laughs> his best bet of being successful is to also stay in New Orleans, as okay. a player perspective. Okay. I mean, like you just said, you're correct in saying that Sean Payton loves... Taysom Hill and whatnot, but we don't know really how his skills will translate to an every-down quarterback. You're right, you're right. And so Drew Brees will be back next year, probably, most likely, hopefully, for all of us who love (laughs) Drew Brees. But after that, who knows? And I I think... He might win the Super Bowl and just go off in the sunset. I mean, that would be... I would be happy if that happened. You never know. But, yeah, I think you want to stay with all those things that you've gotten familiar. You have one of the better offensive-minded head coaches who not only often I, I don't even want to say offensive mind I think just all around better head coaches you've seen what this team has done you know you have those running backs and that offensive line and the defense that next year will probably start off poorly and everyone will be like oh they are awful but I'll be like no hang on and yeah so I really think he should stay will he probably not because they're you know you always chase those opportunities and whatnot but I think for both parties that would just be the best thing yeah, because he could probably pl- not a popular answer. But. Well, probably not, because um, he can. I think play. I think this Sunday is actually bigger than a lot of people think. Seeing him play full game action. Um, sure, absolutely. I guess they're because Carolina's going to play their defensive starters. Um, so I think I think seeing him play against a pretty solid defense uh, is going to be big for Teddy Bridgewater. But if he plays well and he doesn't fall flat on his face. A lot of teams are going to throw a lot of money at Teddy Bridgewater to get him to come. It's just going to be a matter of what does Teddy want. He's not that young anymore. He's like 26, 27. Yeah. So I just I say that as I'm 25. But in terms <laughs> of the obviously in terms of the NFL, he's not that not as young as he used to be. Obviously, but I just a lot of teams are going to throw a lot of money at him. I think Jacksonville would be in play. That would be my pick. If you were like New Orleans, you can't say New Orleans, I would pick Jacksonville because they have the offensive line that I think Teddy needs. I think Miami would be willing to throw a lot of money at him. I think that would be a mistake. I think Tampa Bay would be willing to throw a lot of money at him. I think that would be a mistake too. I don't Um, like, I don't think their protection schemes are good for Teddy. Washington? uh, Maybe. Denver? I just, there are teams that would throw money at him. Oh, Absolutely. So, so we'll, we'll definitely see what happens, but I, I wanted to ask you because I know we both like him. So. Like I said, Jacksonville would be my pick uh-huh. if you said I had to pick a team that wasn't New Orleans if I had to be like, this will change. Because like I said, you, you listed some other teams and I don't think their protection schemes are right for Teddy. I think they need to have that offensive line around him. That's fair. And that really... But I mean, they could throw a lot of money back. at Teddy and use the draft to... I mean, it's possible. But, but at the same time, you're right. I think... Jacksonville, and I think Tom Coughlin's going to take a little more charge than we're going to know about. I think Devin Brown's going to be fired. I mean, it's definitely possible, but I think they're going to want the complete opposite of Blake Bortles. Yeah. And so they're going to become more of a West Coast offense. Real quick, get it out. Timing. Timing, and that's Teddy. Um, So they have some good wide receivers to do that with, and so I think that would be the best schematic fit if he didn't stay in New Orleans. Good answer. 
My question for you, and I'm really curious to see how you answer this because I know you are, you've been a lot of pseudo fans this year, but you're a pseudo Titans fan as well. Mm-hmm. So you talked about it and you brought it up for a second earlier talking about how Marcus Mariota isn't quite 100%. His status is still up in the air. He's been practicing, but we don't exactly know what's going to happen. Should Marcus Mariota play in this game? There are a lot of factors that go into this. Obviously, I don't know as much as doctors know about Marcus. Um, If Marcus is cleared to play, then yes, he should absolutely play. Because as well as Blaine Gabbert played, because he played pretty well, it was still against Washington, who doesn't have a bad defense. They're an okay defense. Um, He has to play at home. Losing, I mean, I I know you don't believe in the Super Bowl contenders. I do. Okay. Um, especially with the way that Derrick Henry's been running the football. It'd be one thing if it was just that one four-touchdown, 200-yard performance, but he's followed it up with two more 150-plus-yard running games, multiple touchdowns. He didn't have that last week. But regardless, like, I mean, he's been <laughs> he's been pretty consistent in these he, last quarter of the season. He's turned it on. So... The, the way he runs the football. I'm not surprised by that. The threat with Marcus Mariota running and Corey, Corey Davis has been pretty pretty solid for them. Um, and their defense is very good. It's just, I I think this team is built for it. And what scares me about the Titans is that, and the AFC really is that next year, the whole field can be flipped again. Because I'm looking at a ton of teams that are going to be a lot, of, a lot better again next year. That... That sixth seed isn't going to be up for grabs probably in the way that it is next year. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I'm really, really – I think that as long as the doctors say, okay, you can play, that he needs to be on that field. And I, and I know I know you're not of that of that mindset, but – Yeah, I disagree. He's their best chance to win. And, and, and Marcus is a gamer. I mean, we saw, especially in the playoff game last year, when he turned – he fueled that comeback. I mean – Obviously, he was very lucky that the ball went back to him in that play. <laughs> but, I mean, how many quarterbacks can you say caught on their own touchdown pass? It's awesome. So, I just – I love Marcus Mariota so much. He's a great kid. He's a great human being. Um, he's a solid football player. And he needs to obviously work on some areas and get better. Uh, I think he's I think he's learned a lot from this year. Um, and in terms of statistics, he hasn't been better. But I think that especially lately in decision-making and, and timing, he's been a lot better. It's just – I really believe in this Titans team to be able to win this Sunday, but he needs to be the quarterback. Yeah. I mean, I disagree. Um, Why, though? Just because you th- of health? Or is it because yeah, of no, football? It's, 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 it's both, because I think the two go hand-in-hand hand for okay. what Marcus Mariota is experiencing. Okay. With this stinger that he's yeah. experiencing in his right arm, yeah. which is the it's, second time this has happened right. this year, Marcus doesn't have touch and power on his football. Okay. He can't get it down the field. Right. And so... And that is what has come alive of late in his game, is his deep passing has been critical to to their success lately. So unless Mike Vrabel perfectly game plans this out, has the perfect script... Which I believe he can. He can, (laughs) but if Marcus is out there, I think it's going to be... Almost, I will say 90% running, which is... I mean, Derek Henry would get like 30 carries and it would be check And down I feel city. like you're going to... It's going to be check down city and I think Marcus will try to run a little bit, which even that could be really dangerous. 
I think you need to have a quarterback that gives you the best position to win, and I don't think that's Marcus this week. Okay. And if you really believe in this team... I do. I'm not saying you. <laughs> if you as an organization, as a head coach, as your staff, really believe in this team, then you think you're going to get it done with some serviceable quarterback yeah. play, which Blaine Gabbert has shown he yeah, can he's do. he's not a bad quarterback. He's, he's not, not, a, a, he's amazing, not but he's not a bad quarterback. And you know it's going to be done... On the legs of uh, Derrick Henry, anyways. And if you get into the playoffs, if you give Marcus a little more time, he's going to be able to ball out then. Yeah. I, and so I don't think he gives you the best chance this week because I think you're going to need to deliver the ball in some clutch situations. I don't think he can do that injured. And I think that I don't think that your point is wrong. Or no, I I, <laughs> I don't think wrong is the right word because I think that. In my opinion, he wouldn't be cleared if he wouldn't be able to do most of the th- those things that you said he couldn't do. You know what I mean? Okay. I feel like the doctors would be like, if like he can get hurt if he's going to try to like air this out downfield, or if he just gets tapped on that and he's not going to go in, then I think that the doctors wouldn't clear him. In my mind, they clear him if it. They clear him if he's about eighty percent, eighty-five percent, and I think eighty-five percent Marcus Mariota needs to play. Okay. But if it's lower than that, I would agree with what you're saying 100% and that it needs to be Blaine Gabbert. Like, if he's 50-50, no. You need to hold him back because he's going to get hurt. But if he is, like, 75 85%, which I believe it's kind of where it's trending because he is only questionable. I see. The the report today, and... It said he was questionable. But this... I, I heard this, and this made me smile because I feel like this would be, like, our opposite spectrums. Okay. The report is that Marcus practiced today. Yeah. And he threw, this is what they said on the radio, this yeah. is like our reporter, he threw a deep ball. Okay. Like, that's like, the that was the goal. He threw a deep ball. He threw a deep ball. <laughs> Marcus practiced today and he threw, a, he completed a deep pass. So, but, and then so like, people on the radio, they're like, so? <laughs> and that's so me. I, I agree 100%. Who cares if he threw a deep ball in practice? It's completely different. I mean, I agree. I thought you'd be like, oh, no, he's fine then. No, I thought you were <laughs> saying... You can do it. I thought you were saying that would be you as a coach to be like, just link that he threw it. <laughs> See what happens. Let him know. And I would be, and, and, and I would be like, tell me he completed every single pass. He threw a 70-yard deep ball, and he's ready to go. <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. We'll see what happens. I I, I I hope that he is healthy enough and that he does play, because I want it to be a, a great game. I want it to come down to the wire, and I want these two teams to show that like we've come a long way with these rookie head coaches, and we're we're solid football teams. You know, I want that battle because it's a playoff game Sunday night. Yeah. Um. And and I will I, I give a little shout out, a little crush in it to the Sunday night football, which I mean we don't really like it as much as the other ones because we don't like Collinsworth that much. <laughs> um. And I'm really sad that it's not. I've been waiting all day for Sunday night, the, the theme song with Carrie Underwood. That's been a big deal for you. Um. But. A little shout out, crushing it to, to Sunday Night Football for this past handful of years. They've they've gotten these play in games, and most of the time they do get these playing games. And I think that's great for fans to have the playoffs start a week early. You know, I think it's a lot of fun. So, yeah, yeah. Um. Okay. So we are down to the wire. Yeah. Uh. I want to do a crushing it. Okay. And it's gonna be super embarrassing because I can't remember how to say his last name now mm-hmm. um so who was carolina's quarterback last week tyler taylor heineke. taylor heineke i was gonna say like higgins 
want to say crushing to him. I don't know if you... Did you see the post game? I did not. Uh, well, because he got knocked out of the game, yeah. and he came back and played, and now he's on IR, which stinks. And they're starting a rookie this coming week. So, so it'll be Teddy versus some other person. <laughs> but this is something that I know if you'd seen it, you would have talked about it, you would have appreciated it as much as I did, because he got emotional oh. when asked, like, why'd you come back in? Yeah. And he's like, you know, I've been waiting for this my entire life. And, like, I had my shot, yeah. and I was going to go out and play, and I was going to be there for those guys. Yeah. Like, you saw him getting, like, choked up. And, like, that's really all it was, I mean, but it was just really nice. And it was just neat to see, because, like, you think about, like, you obviously know, like, the NFL stars. Like, you know the Odell Beckhams and the Aaron Rodgers and the Tom Brady's. But, like, there are so many players you don't know about, and, like, they work so hard to get that shot. Yeah. And then, like, just think about, like, your wildest dream coming true, and you're like, okay, you you're start, the guy. You need to start an NFL game. So, I just thought it was it's really tough. cool. You're right. I mean, it's tough. And, and he, I mean, he didn't play that bad. No, he had rookie to rookie first touchdown connection. But uh, you just, you just hope that. Uh, I mean, well, he's not a rookie, but he's not. No, they he, said rookie to rookie. When I mean, I, that pe- it was pe- his first pass. career start, but he's been. This is his third year in the league. Oh well, well then the answer is said that wrong. But regardless, uh, taking away from the point, yeah, you're right. I think that's that's huge, and I mean. That's football. I mean, even even at the high school level, that's what it's like. Guys wait their chance. I mean, I only played a full one season in high school, but the whole year you sit there and you wait for the, the your coach to look you in the eyes and be like, "You're up, kid." Yeah. And it's just to to get through every level and, and, and to move from high school to college to the NFL to the preseason to backup quarterback to getting your shot is a lot, and then to to get hurt and be like, we're putting on your IR and you may have just lost your shot. You know what I mean? Is is rough. So so we you feel for, for Heineke, but a good kid and I'm 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 glad that you, you pointed that out. So I'm gonna make a new challenge for us. Okay. I propose we don't do a friend's fortune today. We do it when we do our live? Yes. Okay. And I propose that we have to make it Specifically, the game we're going. The Buffalo to. game. Yes. How are we gonna? We gonna plug our ears? I'm, we'll do it like when we park, and you can get out. Of I was the gonna car. say because we'll, you're gonna be driving. Well, I don't want to plug your ears. I mean, we'll have to flip flop it. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So we're winding down the episode here. It's a. Uh, oh, it still ended up being an hour and a half. <laughs> yes. So we're supposed uh, to be somewhere in one minute. That's okay. So, uh, <laughs> so that we're gonna go Facebook Live, probably from my personal Facebook, um, this Sunday on our way to the football game. And we're gonna do Pal's Picks Extreme. I believe you're ahead by one. I'm up by one. Josh is up by he one lost game. Quote unquote garbage games. But regardless, um, we're gonna go live. We're gonna pick <laughs> the entire slate for Week 17 to to round out Pal's Picks for the regular season. Crush It'll me. be a lot of fun, and uh, we'll, we'll obviously talk about every game a little bit in depth because we'll have a long ride. Uh, we will record the episodes audio as well, and we'll put it we'll put it onto our simultaneous catches a special episode. Uh, but we want to thank you for, for being here with us for, for the season. It's been a lot of fun. Obviously, we have a lot left to go for the regular season, and we'll be here in the off season. but thank you. Heck yeah, thank you yeah. guys so much. And uh, don't forget, we still have that bet that Adam lost. So if you guys uh, have some song <laughs> suggestions, you just let us know. Uh, there's a lot of bets that Adam lost. Definitely. Demarius Thomas is on IR. Too. Yep, so I won that so one. So I owe you a case of Cherry Pepsi. Cherry Pepsi. All right, everybody. Well, I won't say enjoy week 17 yet because uh, I'll say it officially before we get to enjoy yeah. week 17 as well. But uh, for those of you listening, thank you so much. Yeah. We hope uh, you have a great weekend. And God bless.